You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counsel. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Daniel, my man, we are here once again this week to talk about televised heroic superheroes that we love to watch and you love to listen to us about, talk about, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, some of these shows have got me going crazy, though, so uh, I know we have a lot to talk about, as we as per usual, every week. Um First off, let's let's talk some news though. Or yeah, yeah, let's talk some news. I have a lot of green air to talk about, so let's you have something that you want to get off your chest? Um yeah, so what I was reading, I think I saw this on Tuesday or uh, Wednesday. It was earlier in the week, but um the creators of Robot Chicken are teaming up with the creators of the Walking Dead TV show to do a little half hour special, so a little crossover which I am excited about. <laughs> that's, I think that, that's, I mean, and when we talk about the creators of The Walking Dead, are we talking Robert Kirkman or are we talking Nick, Greg Nicotero or who are we talking about? Uh, uh, they're actually talking about uh, getting Kirkman because he has voiced um, before on, on uh, Robot Chicken. This is true. So yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty awesome to see. Uh, them collaborate together on uh, Robot Chicken. I mean, I love Robot Chicken. I haven't watched a lot of the newer episodes. Uh, it's been a, it's been a while actually since I've watched some episodes. But uh, the last time I went to Com- San Diego Comic Con, I did get to see them uh, do do some of their panels at what was it called? It's the Zachary Levi's thing, um, Nerd HQ, and you know they had a little a little stand set up where they were showing you how tedious the claymation work is by having to uh move the the character's arm then take a picture then move the character's arm again take a picture that's why i can never get into like claymation and stuff like that it's that's very very strenuous work yeah i can imagine uh there's an episode in parks and rec where ben um he does a little claymation short and he's like what He's all that. That's it. It's only ten seconds of work. I spent two <laughs> weeks working on that. Yeah, that's exactly true. That's uh, that's why I would be frustrated as hell too. Uh, did you have another story that you want to talk about? Uh, no. Uh, we basically covered uh, the other story on our Facebook page about Wentworth Miller. Yeah, and you know what? I think I'm gonna have to talk about that story when we get to. Uh, uh, talking about Legends of, of Tomorrow, so uh, we might want to put a little bit of, a little bit of cap, a little bit of pin in that right now. Sound good? Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So first off, the story one of the stories that I had was um, Stephen Amell is teasing uh, his uh, Facebook and and, and um, Twitter followers that, with his goatee that he's growing. 
Could we see uh, an Ollie on, on, on the screen that has a goatee that's not super old? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a little bit of a funny story because, you know, his original tweets were like, 100% no, never. Our show could go 14 seasons and a goatee will never appear. Hope that clean, clears things up forever. But, you know, <laughs> as we've seen, <laughs> the, the beard moves along, as his newest tweet has said, or his Snapchat or whatever those things are called, social media. Uh... How do you feel about a, a goatee having Ollie in, in the Green Arrow TV show? Um, I guess, you know, he's uh, heeding his own words. And uh, I'm actually... <laughs> Very true. I'm actually pretty happy to see that. I hope it does happen. And, he, you know, he's not a 50-year-old man. <laughs> um, the next thing, uh, which goes right into what uh, we sort of talked about last week. And I think we have some very much some follow-up stories to go with it. Uh, Kevin Smith, who comes off of directing a very highly uh, praised episode of The Flash, um, uh, talked about, one, he, when you saw him at, at his uh, stand-up thing in Phoenix, he talked about that he's coming back for season, for season three of Flash, and then right. he, he would also like to do some episodes of uh, Arrow. Well, I guess at some point he kind of narrowed it down a little bit more, telling people that maybe not so much direct Arrow, but he would love to do. He would love to write some of the story arcs of, of or like write a story arc of Arrow where he would include on Wanapia in a two a two episode uh, um, story arc. Well, <laughs> you know, for me that would be amazing. I just because I loved his run of Quiver on Green Arrow, bringing back Ollie. Uh, Ollie Queen and and making the character really kick ass, but uh, and I know there's other people, comic book readers that that love that, but apparently at some point in the the weekend, this weekend that we are recording this, uh, someone brought up one of his old tweets or he favorited an old tweet where they talked about killing Felicity just the way the same way that he killed Karen Page in the Daredevil run that he did. And he favorited it, and then thus all the Olicity fans came out of the woodwork to rain down hell on Kevin Smith. Ah, oh, man, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I he's even even Stephen Amell was like, it would be fucking, it would be a fucking awesome idea. He said it on on uh, the Kevin Smith, or he he said it on his own Facebook page when someone else said that Kevin Smith or Kevin Smith should come on the show and you know that was all before this and then now I guess I guess there's some big thing about how uh, Emily Richards who plays Felicity gets a lot of death threats on social media for whatever reason and then when Kevin Smith favorited this tweet he didn't even he didn't even say it he just favorited the tweet cuz the guy was talking about his old work on Daredevil and he said, because of that, they were like, you want to, I can't believe you're going to try and kill someone that's on the show or blah, blah, blah. And eventually he just said, don't worry about it. I'm not going to write anything for Arrow. I'll, maybe I'll just take Onwanapia over to, to Flash. To Flash. Yeah. That's, which is, that's, it's horrible. That is just horrible. You know, and uh, he actually was, um, when I saw him at Stand Up Live in Phoenix, uh, he actually 
was saying like um, the death threats that like he does get because you know how he mentioned on his on a previous episode on Fat Man on Batman um, how he thought Ice Cube you know would be you know pretty cool to see in Green Lantern. Um, you know he got a couple of death threats because of that too. That's that's uh, I don't know. It, that's horrible. I mean, people need to just grow up. I, I guess, you know, celebrities aren't allowed to express their opinions or anything. No, of course not. I mean, well, I'll, 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 go, I'll go to you on the other side of the argument, too. Celebrities' opinions shouldn't be weighed more against anybody else's, but they shouldn't be weighed any less either. You know, they're people. They have opinions. Yeah. You have an opinion. I don't sit there and just tell you that you're wrong. And I'm not talking about you, Daniel. I'm just talking about people in general. I'll tell yeah. you all day that you're wrong, Daniel. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, is this more backlash of the Elicity fans that uh, came out of the woodwork for through Tumblr to get them as a, as a relationship in the first place? I, I would imagine so. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, we've talked about this before. Elicity, I you know that pushed Black Canary out, you know that, and that just that's a shame too. Elicity's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. It's a, it's a complete shame. And like, don't get me wrong. I was when I, I at first I thought that the whole idea of Felicity and, and Arrow or Oliver Queen getting together was a wasn't a bad idea. I won't say it was a good idea, but I'll say it wasn't a bad idea. But they've taken it too far. I mean, he's he he needed to end up with with a black canary for one. It should it should be Laurel, but if it's not going to be Laurel, then it should be Sarah. Uh, but now, who knows what the hell is going to happen? I mean, I don't doubt it. By the end of season next season, season five, if Felicity isn't put on the black canary outfit herself and tries to be black canary, and then they're oh well, see now we've we've corrected everything. Oh God! I I think at that point I would probably just stop watching. Like, nope, can't do this anymore. We might have to. Yes, we might just have to. Um, but so that's what I had for news. It, it's complete. That's very very sad when uh, a gentleman who I think Kevin Smith. Okay, I mean not not trying to kiss his ass too much. I am a big fan of his. Been a big fan of his since a very early age, but. If you ever listen to his podcast or you you watch him uh, do stand-up or stuff, he goes out of his way and struggles as much as he can to say positive things about everybody and everything. Even if it's a piece of shit st- like movie, like Fanta- the new Fantastic Four or Batman v Superman, he will do his damnedest to say positive things about those things. Because he's a very much a, you know, an appropriate person, or not appropriate, but he's a, a person that uh, very much pushes the... Uh, praise the the good stuff without having to damn the darkness or whatever it is. Praise the light without damning the darkness. He says it all the time, but there's it's true. There's no reason that you have to just be negative all the time when you can you can be positive. Put more positivity out there in the world. I mean, and this is a man that everybody shits on him about his movies all the time, uh, no matter what it is. And I personally, I like all, all, most of his movies. I mean, I'm not gonna say all of his movies. There's a couple that I don't like, but. What Tusk? <laughs> no, I love Tusk. I thought Tusk was a great movie. Red State was a movie that I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, I also don't what? like. Uh, yeah, I don't like Red State. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the 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 main characters that you follow throughout the whole movie, 
end up dying uh, three quarters of the way through. So what's the even point? And then uh, uh, the other one is Chase Amy. I don't get it. I don't like that movie. It it, it doesn't okay, talk. I don't to like me. that one either. But it, it, but still, I love I love Jersey Girl. That's the one that he constantly puts down. Uh, I like Cop Out. I think it's a funny movie. He didn't write it, but he did direct it. Uh, there's there's lots of uh, and people shit on his movies all the time. But I, I I don't. I think he's I think he was the voice of of my generation. I know he would say he was the voice of his own generation, but and he's just a little bit older than me. Yeah. So good rant. <laughs> th- yes, thank you, thank you. I will end my rant there. It's, 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 I just think it's unfair that you know people got got online and, and totally just scared them away from doing a project that could have been could have been great. They cyberbullied him. They really did. I I don't want to say that because you know there are people out there that get cyberbullied that don't have millions and bil- millions and millions of dollars and 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 a fan club. So. Uh, you can't feel too sorry for him being cyberbullied when there's a you know someone else like in high school that that has no one else to turn to and is not going to be okay when they're cyberbullied. But he was cyberbullied. <sighs> so <laughs> that's end of my rant. We can uh, go ahead and get moving on to our TV shows that we want to talk recap and talk about. And I would love to say that this episode of Gotham this week was incredible. I enjoyed every bit of it. Wow, even uh, even the explosive finale? Okay, I'll take it back. <laughs> the very end of the episode was stupid. <laughs> It was it was bad, and then the, the funny thing about it is that it like when it was leading up to it, it reminded me of the episode with Firefly, where the the guys were buying stuff in the black market, <laughs> the Sam's Club black market, and there was there's a price there is a uh, sale going on, uh, C four and aisle twelve. Make sure you get there. You know that kind of stuff was so cheesy and bad. I was like, this reminds me a lot of that, and then all of a sudden Firefly. I was like. Damn it! <laughs> of course, right? Of course, it was. Uh, so, so, but no, the whole uh, you know, Galavan still going around as uh, uh, Asriel. I don't know. I, I don't know why I forgot it, but I just blanked. Uh, going around as Asriel was 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 good. He uh, was looking for that sword. Uh, then you had. You had you had Bullock have a speech that rallied the the cops in the in the station. That was pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hugo Strange, you're talking about if you if you, I'm sorry, your warrant was just for my office. There's nothing there. You need to get another warrant to search the rest of the premises. And Riddler thinking that he was getting away, and then I knew it as soon as he flopped down on that concrete. He was like, "I'm free, I'm free," and then boom. Dogs. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. Uh, and then you know what? I actually I I, I will say that bef- the the explosion the explosive explosive finale was pretty bad, but I did like the idea because you have uh, Gordon pumping all of his bolts from his handgun into Galavan, and Galavan still getting up, and then all of a sudden Penguin and Butch show up, and hey. Is that a, a RPG? 
Boom. And they blown the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I did like that he was re reprogrammed to go back after the son of Gotham, so Bruce Wayne. Uh I like I like the way that uh, Ben McKenzie played Gordon in this episode. Uh, I liked the way that uh, the one girl played Selena Kyle in this episode. Like she was very good and very on point. Like her acting was was I thought very great, good this episode, as yeah. well as Bruce's. And I don't know, just it's a lot of things for me just clicked in this episode. Yeah, this one was uh, really well directed, really well written too. I think that's exactly what it was. It was really well directed. So I need to, we sh- I should go back and find out who directed this particular episode. Maybe this particular arc, this whole Azrael arc, because for a, a person that was that you know that character is very uh, personal to me. Uh, they, I, I felt that they handled him quite quite well. I I will agree. I just will say, can. Theo not kill anybody with the sword? <laughs> well, you know, it's one thing to pretend that you're this sword-wielding uh, knight of death from the Middle Ages, and it's another thing to actually have to wield a sword that you've never actually wielded before. So, yeah, he apparently cannot... Well, no, he... Well, I, know, I guess, as I was going to say, he did kind of kill Tabitha, but it seems like she might still be alive. Yeah, I think she's going to make it through. Which was incredible, because when, when he stabbed her, I was like, I can't believe they killed her. They're going to kill her off this way. But then yeah. she was still whimpering and talking and stuff. I was like, ah, they didn't kill her. They didn't They didn't get, They didn't get. grow balls enough to kill her. No. <laughs> <laughs> so where you they know, left I'm, us, uh, they left oh, us go. with, um, you know... Uh, Firefly waking up and talking to Selena and, and basically being like, well, uh, this is a continuation of the idea that Hugo Strange just has to give them a story and he will, they will be able to, uh, he'll be able to control them any way he wants. Right. I, but I don't know, man. I mean, uh, we got two more episodes left. Gotham, uh, something bigger than Firefly has to happen. Well, uh, I did see the next week's episode, so Fish Mooney is coming back. I wonder how, I wonder if she's going to be reprogrammed. Well, I guess she has to. Well, so. the way that they kind of left it with the tease for the promo is that he's going to try and reprogram her, but she's, she's so badass as Fish Mooney that she is not going to be able to be reprogrammed because she's kind of like, I know who I am. I'm Fish Mooney. <laughs> like... Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> which I can I can go with that because she's such a strong character in herself that uh, that his programming wouldn't work. Yeah, I'll give it to you that that is true. She is that strong, really strong, powerful character. I mean, she ran and almost took over Gotham. You know, and not only that, she was able to uh, take over that hospital with the doll maker. Yeah. So there you go. Um, what what else you got for Gotham? I just wanted to say when Penguin showed up at the end, I thought he was going to have, you know, his umbrella gun. <laughs> I think it, I I I'm I'm not going to say that it's down the line, but uh you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't think that we're going to already have umbrella guns or or uh or yeah, or poison umbrellas anytime soon. That might be something further, but you never know. Yep, that, but I mean, 
I'm looking forward to it if it does happen. Yeah. But that's pretty much all I got to say on Gotham <laughs> on my end. All right. That's all I got to. Um, we are going to head right over to The Flash. And this is the Kevin Smith episode. It was a tearjerker. I didn't cry, but it was pretty emotional. I can only imagine how much tears uh, Kevin Smith shed on the set of making that episode. Because we already know that he, he tends to tear up while watching the show. I could only imagine all that stuff between Barry and his mom being uh, a tearjerker for him. And, yep. <laughs> and you know, to listen to him talk about how, how they did the Flash thing so much, like uh, the Flash's super speed, uh, Flash doesn't have his super speed throughout most of this episode. It's not till the, till the very end. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's him just running so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, what did you uh, what did you think of basically the the Flash is stuck in um, inside the speed Barry is stuck inside the Speed Force. I um, I just thought it was a very interesting uh, take on the whole thing, and uh, you know, it kind of felt like the Speed Force since he was stuck in there it was kind of like a purgatory. It almost was. I mean, they kind of tried to play it off as a is a dimension between dimensions because that's the way that uh, Cisco was able to reach him by uh, opening up a, a, a riff between the two worlds and almost getting in contact with him. But it, it did seem like it kind of a, a purgatory. I, I think the Speed Force definitely is its own uh, dimension and stuff. And and it, it's funny because if in the comic books, I think uh, they kind of the storyline has kind of become the, to the point that. The lightning that struck Barry and created him, create, turned him into the Flash, was also Barry because he had become one with the Speed Force, Speed Force during the the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which then turned him into the lightning that struck Barry to become the Flash. So it's kind of a circular thing. Uh, I thought maybe they were going to tap into that during this episode, but it, it never really That's came around too. to that. You did too. Yeah, uh, but it was more, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Until later. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that that that's, I think, uh, I mean, I I think something like that might eventually come around. They might, they might be hinting at that, but like, because this, the speed force that was talking to him, you know, kept, kept being like, well, we gave you this gift. And you, and he keeps thinking that's the speed. And he's like, no, that's not what exactly, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, it, it was, it was a very touching episode. Yeah. And damn, just at the end, too, you know, with him coming to terms with, you know, accepting his mother's death, too, that was pretty, uh, you know, feelsy. Oh, yeah, that was very feelsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you think about the, the gathering of all those uh, heroes or all those metas? Um, I'm trying to actually, I was trying to pinpoint, like, which, you know, every one of them was. Yeah, so was I. I, didn't, I don't think I got too too far in it though. <laughs> Same here. Um, I I did notice the firestorm with the green tint, but uh, somebody online said that it was uh, probably the atomic skull. Ooh, that that would probably that probably be true. I I could see that. What'd you think of uh, Jason Mewes' early um, cameo? pretty funny <laughs> the big belly burger over in star city is much better than the one here <laughs> yeah. 
Oh no, that's my mom's car. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I like the the fact that they had that's that that stuff in there for him. Um, yeah, same here. What did, what did you think of uh, you know all of Zoom's goings on? What I mean, like because the beginning of the episode starts off with Zoom being there and and ridiculing them for you know killing the Flash, just like it, how the episode ended last time. You know, you thought you were going to give him a speed fat back, but you actually ended up killing him. Then Zoom pretty much is is gone off to work on doing stuff. Right. Um, you know, since we're talking about Zoom, uh, do you have the feeling that maybe he's possessed by something, and that could be RJ? Because whatever he talks in the, in the demonic voice, his eyes just go pitch black. Yeah, but I think that's just what he he does he 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 makes it so that it's a mask that he can wear so that uh he he can separate hunters can separate it from himself you know it's not me that's doing the killing it's zoom that's doing the killing even when he's talking to Caitlyn unmasked and then he gets all demonic yeah because he doesn't he doesn't care i mean it's not like it's not like hunter zolomon is sitting there apologizing for what what happens true so I don't I don't think I don't think he's possessed. It could be though. You never know. I mean, this season is taking a weird loop, and you know we got two episodes, and still nothing has been resolved. Yeah. So yeah, there's 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 going to be a lot packed into these last two episodes. Yeah, a lot of fighting, a lot of destruction in Central City. I hope. <laughs> we want a lot of destruction in Central City. Yeah, I want to see the other evil metas fuck shit up. <laughs> uh, what did you think about everybody having a, a job to do? Like, you know, um, uh, uh, Joe West is, you know, basically, uh, Harry, you go do this, take care of, of saving, or take care of getting Barry back, and uh, Joe uh, Joe Allen, or what, what's what's Barry's dad's name? Henry Allen. Henry, Henry Allen, you save Speedy, and then we'll try and figure this other part out. I actually liked it. Gave all these characters purpose. Yeah. Instead of just taking up, taking up screen time. Yeah, very much. I, I, I enjoyed that, too. I thought it was I thought it was cool, too, when they're like, oh, uh, we can go through some of, uh, of the other Harrison, Eobor Thon's notes. They're all in the morgue, and... <laughs> <laughs> so they had to go get that stuff, and uh, you know Henry Allen basically has to take. I mean, because a lot of the stuff that was happening to Wally and uh, Jesse was very much similar to what happened to Barry when he got struck. Yeah. So, and then you know, she's one with the Speed Force, I guess, since you know Barry just touches her and she wakes up from the coma. That's very that, exactly so. Uh, very interesting. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on The Flash? Uh, trying to see here. Um, bah, bah, bah. What, was it this episode or was it last episode that Joe was, you know, trying to test, uh, Wally's reflexes? That was this episode. So that was funny too, because he thought he was, he, that's what he, he was basically trying to be like. Uh, this stuff happened to Barry too. Maybe you have like he never said it, but he that's why he dropped the 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 teacup thinking the that mug. yeah the coffee mug that thinking that Wally was gonna go catch it real fast, but he doesn't. <laughs> He's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that was a funny thing. And Iris sees it and she knows what the hell's going on and what Joe's trying to do, but 
totally doesn't uh it, it plays it off as like yeah he's he's crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's a good that was a good a good moment yeah <sighs> sorry so just waiting to see when wally's powers kick in i guess yeah yeah we'll have to see if they do or not maybe you have to wait till till barry touches him maybe yeah maybe or season three or season three <laughs> Um, cool. Let's go on to Arrow. Alrighty. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Um, the best plan to stop all the nukes is by breaking out Felicity's dad, huh? <laughs> Which, uh, it looks like he had already broken out. I don't know, understand where it was that he was at, but yeah, you know, Felic- Felicity's, Felicity's dad... Um, I can't remember what his first name is, but his last name is Cutter. They keep so I know, uh, Diggle kept calling him Cutter, um, or we can just call him Calculator. Uh, yep. Calculator was is the best hacker there is, out uh, even better than uh, Felicity herself. And the thing is that he needs a computer that's in the research and development department of Palmer in- or Palmer Technologies to uh, to do it and. Uh, the unfortunate part is the the board has voted out wow. Felicity as as the CEO. That was heartbreaking, man. <laughs> see, I don't know if it all. See, I, I was just thinking about this when they fired her. So there's a board, and they vote on who's the CEO. But then she got the job because Ray left her the company. So. Either you inherit you you're the CEO because you own the company, or you're the CEO because someone votes you in. I don't think you get to do both. <laughs> I guess we don't have to worry That's about true. I didn't even think of it. all the business stuff on on this show. It's it's, it's a it's a it's a super a superhero show, and uh, it's not it's not that important, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it was unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. And I, I was wondering where Curtis was throughout all this stuff. You know, it seems like it would be a very good thing to have him there to help you get that computer that you really want that he helped invent. Maybe, I don't know, maybe something happened with the, with his husband when I, didn't he promise that he wasn't going to be running around or anything like that? Even so, he, he should be at work. He does have to, he does have a job. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Uh, so yeah, that's all happening. We have Thea is trapped in, and you know, I didn't, I didn't even realize this when they showed it to us last week. But the the dome of the place that she's in has little uh, like hexagon squ- uh, squares, so it looks like a hive. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, that, that was kind of funny. Her being stuck there, and then Lonnie Machen showing up. We had a lot of of, uh, of villains in this. So we had Anarchy and Brick show back up, and Murmur. We had lots of people yeah. in this episode, or Juggernaut, as I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, Vinny Jones still is is going to be <laughs> Juggernaut for a while. It's because they had him play that, which I even forgot that he played Brick in the earlier seasons of this show. 
Uh, I did too. Right? I mean, I totally forgot about that because he doesn't look anything like the brick that's in that's depicted in the comic book. He uh, no. the brick in the comic book is actually made up of bricks. Like he looks like he's made of the orange brick stuff. Uh, and he has a vernacular that has to do with a uh, urban gang member, not a English street thug. Yeah. <laughs> So it was uh, interesting to see all that stuff, but I thought once again they had multiple fight scenes throughout this episode, and they all were pr- pretty spectacular. Thea fighting uh, Machin or Anarchy, uh, Green, uh, the Arrow, uh, Ollie fighting uh, Brick, and uh, then you had uh, the fight scene in the flashback where they were fighting Ryder when he had his superpowers. It was all pretty well crafted. Yeah, it was. Um, again, the choreography, you know, was on point. Very much so. Uh, and then we get to see a little bit more because at the, at the end of last week's episode, we saw Ollie kind of turning the power back on to Dark. Uh, we saw where that kind of came from with uh, what's uh, I can't remember the girl's name in the flashback, but she turned the power on. She kind of started having the power to use against Ryder in the in the flashback on the island. Yeah, which was badass to see. (laughs) (laughs) So they finally launch all the nukes, and the nukes are coming down, and and they're able to shut down all the nukes except for one. And Felicity's big idea is to change the GPS satellite so that it says the area that they were going to hit, which was like some type of haven or something like that. I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I don't like remember that. exactly the name of the city. Was actually twenty miles to the east, so it was going to hit a different area, and it hit that area, which then killed thousands of people instead of the millions of people that it was going to kill when it, when it would have hit the bigger city. So, I'm guessing all that death that happened from that nuke is what is going into dark at the end of the episode because we know the more death that happens around him, the more power he gathers. So, I mean, you think he could suck all that death from that... Fo- well, I guess it's spiritual, I guess. So, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... It, 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 I think it's because since he was the direct cause of the death, it automatically comes to him. Even oh, though okay, it was farther gotcha. away. So, uh... But if he I mean, gets his power from the death of those people, where is Ollie going to get the power from? Is he getting is he getting his power from the hope of the people still alive? What hope? Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I, I, that's what I'm trying to wonder. Like, they didn't get a. We, I don't think we got a very good explanation from the the shaman lady. We didn't. But I'm <laughs> on to something. Um, they're going to have to do what they do in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, lift their arms up and, you know, give their energy to the spirit bomb so they can lend their energy to Ollie. <laughs> so you're telling me Ollie's going to go Super Saiyan? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to see if that happens in the next episode. I mean, I, he's going to be involved in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why not be involved in Dragon Ball Z as well? Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope he doesn't like spend all that time gathering all that chi for a spirit bomb and then miss. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> uh what I mean, what else did you see in this particular episode that you thought was interesting? 
Um, I guess we, we need to bring back more relationship drama, which was stupid by bringing in Felicity's mom. Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't have enough going with Felicity and, and, and Ollie anymore, so let's let's bring in uh, d- or Captain uh, Lance and, and Felicity's mom, so there that's where that drama is going to be. And I, I kind of understood better with Detective Lance being like, it's not going to benefit anybody if I say, yeah, I knew that she was the the black canary. If I tell her, if I say no, I get my job back. I'm not, dis- I'm not disgracing her memory or anything. I didn't, you know, but she played, she let all that put, put all that guilt on him. This is like, no, you're lying. Then and if you're lying, you're just as bad as my lying ex-husband. Dun, dun, dun. That was a low <laughs> blow from her. <laughs> Very much so. So, yeah, uh, he eventually changed it and said, yes, I knew my daughter was the, the Black Canary. It's something that he, he, she needed to do, and it was something that was very much benefiting the city, so I, I didn't I didn't report it. Which, right there, you're already incriminating yourself, saying that you were, you were uh, aiding and abetting a, a person breaking the law, so you're definitely not getting your badge back, and you might <laughs> have to you know do some time or something. Stupid. Yeah, very stupid. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything else? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, that was a pretty, pretty solid episode, I thought. Um, I enjoyed it, so uh, I'm ready to move on, I guess, to Legends of Tomorrow. I, I actually enjoyed this episode again. Like, this particular <laughs> episode made me enjoy the series. A little bit more. <laughs> All right. So what what brought you back into the show? Um, like I guess once we got this whole idea that they had this uh this what they're calling is the Oculus, uh, and the Time Masters were actually manipulating everything up to the point where like I mean, I know it's silly and it's completely uh a kind of a cop out of everything, but they're like no, we were doing these things to you. We even manu- we even made it so that uh, Vandal Savage kills your family so that you will want to go out and get these guys to go and help you mess up the timeline, which is all just going to make it so that Vandal Savage becomes the person that we need him to become to fight the Thanagarians, which I thought was very interesting that they brought in Thanagarians because that's where the Hawks are from. I know. I was like, wait... Wait, this sounds all familiar. Mitch told told me about this before. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is that, and this would, I mean, this will will probably sound about right for people who read the comic books and know about the Hawkman, Hawk Girl, or Hawkman, Hawk Woman storyline. But for people who don't know that stuff and are watching the, sh- the show just to watch the show, uh, what the whole idea is that Vandal Savage is going to need to be the one to uh, stop the Thanagarians from t- taking over Earth. I think what we've done now since we've changed history is going to be, or they've changed the future, I guess, not so much the history, I don't know, uh, is that the the Hawks will be there and the Thanagarians will invade or, or they'll come and they'll be like, oh, we don't need to take over this world, we already have people here, or the, the Hawks might even be... Uh, a king and a queen of Thanagar that uh, prophesies to come back and they'll be like, this earth is protected and you can't do anything here. And that will turn it all around. But since like, you know, Vandal Savage is so used to killing uh, Carter and Shaira, all those or Kindred, all those times or Shaira, whichever one you want to call her, that 
by the time he they came around, they weren't going to have a, a set there to push them away or you know tell them to go away. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, I thought it was the adding in the Thanagarians was a good a good thing. Uh, act, playing up this whole the Time Masters have uh, you have have been manipulating you the whole time was a good add addition to the story. Um, you had a, a very smart and resourceful Jefferson Jackson. Once he got back to uh, Central City in 2016, he went and found Doctor Stein from that time period to help him repair the time ship and go back. And you had uh, uh, Mick. Uh, Mick uh, pretending to be Kronos again and totally playing uh, possum and 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 I don't know if he did you get the idea that he stomped that dude's head until it blew up and yes. killed him? Yes. <laughs> like I understand that that Mick Rory is a uh, is a uh, 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 fire or heat wave and he's a villain and killing is not a big thing to him. But he did it around everybody else, and nobody else was really reacted to it, so it really scares me. I think they're just like, yeah, you know, these fuckers imprisoned us, and they were going to kill us, so yay! Yeah, but there's one thing that you, you you take the gun, you turn around, and you shoot the people that are coming after you and stuff, but when this guy is on the floor, you know, begging for his life, and you, you stomp on his head, that's some sick, sadistic shit right there. <laughs> But I mean, if you remember, fucking Ray went through a guy. I know, I, I know. And nobody said anything. <laughs> he went through a guy like a bullet, and nobody said anything. So yeah, I remember. <laughs> and Barry killed a couple of meta humans at the beginning of the season, and, and nobody, nobody said anything. Said anything. <laughs> uh, um. This is a very, for as much as we talk about how the CW uh, DC world is very uh, up, or not uplifting, but uh, very uh, happy and, and and soft and stuff, there's some dark stuff going on in the background that <laughs> nobody is talking about. <laughs> Except for us. Yep. <laughs> and which I, we forgot to mention is that uh, recent news, Supergirl is coming to the CW. So yes. it's leaving CBS and coming to the CW, and uh, I wonder if we're going to have a change in the worlds, if they're going to become part of... Like, right now, it's it's set that the Flash had to travel between dimensions to get to the Supergirl world. I wonder if we're gonna they're going to make it so that Supergirl is actually part of this dimension now. Then wouldn't that raise a question that Superman and Supergirl can help Flash in every fight? <laughs> Yeah, that's true, but I mean that's they get away with it in uh in comic books when you know the the other superheroes don't show up to fall. Hey, what have we been talking about this whole time with on Arrow? Why isn't John Constantine there to help him fight this magic user? It's because Cuz he's in hell. He's in hell. He's got other things to take care of. Superman's got things to take care of in Metropolis. He can't he's doing his Superman things. He can't come over and help help Barry and and Keystone or Central City. Okay. <laughs> so, getting back to DC's Legends of Tomorrow, my big gripe. So, the whole thing is that Rick Rip Hunter is seeing everybody's future, and he saw Ray Palmer dying while, while trying to keep this uh, bomb together or blowing up the Oculus. And and so, Mick in all of his his glory was like, "Well, fine, we'll switch, the, we'll change up the time." And he punches 
Ray and he takes Ray's place. So now t- time has changed. And, you know, once again, our futures are our future. We can do whatever we want. But then uh, Snart is like, no, I'm going to take the, the place. So he knocks out Rory and <laughs> he takes the place. One, couldn't we have, couldn't he have used his ice gun to freeze the lever down? Oh my god, you should do the writing for this fucking show. <laughs> Two, if he if they had to have a hand there to keep the lever down, couldn't he have frozen his hand there and then like and then cut his hand off like he did in the other thing and know that he can grow his hand back inside the, the wave rider? Damn. Right? <laughs> but no, he doesn't do any of those things. He just sits there and he dies because he wants to prove a point that I he can make his own destiny and no one else can uh tell him what to do. But then we we had this whole news story release that he is not going to be a regular on DC Legend tomorrow anymore, but he will show up sporadically. Well, yeah, he's not going to be on the show anymore. He's dead. But I, I mean, that I don't know how that makes any sense. You know that he's going to show up. You know, you know, as you know, in Flash every now and then, or back in, in Legends of Tomorrow every now and then. I don't know how that's going to work out if he's Exactly. Dead. How is that going to work out if he's dead? Uh, and um, did you like that? He, you know, he pulled the Age of Ultron line, the no strings on me. I thought that was very interesting that he pulled that line. I mean, obviously, earlier in the episode, he was talking about being a puppet and how the Time Masters were pulling their strings and stuff like that, but... Uh, the fact that he said no strings on me is, is very, I mean, that's, that's the line. That's the line from Pinocchio, which, you know, they used many times in Age of Ultron, but that's because Age of Ultron is part of Dis, or is part of Marvel, which is part of Disney, which owns Pinocchio. So, you know, DC, the fact that they can get away with that line was pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, Maybe because he didn't sing it. Uh, it doesn't count as infringement or anything, but it's, it's very, I that was pretty guess. cool. <laughs> so that the, all these things added up, I thought it made a pretty cool episode. Uh, and I was, I was once again on board. Uh, I hope the season ends out ends ends on a, a very good note. I really want it to, cause I want to, I want the show to come back and I want it to be a, a different type of show when it comes back. Where it's more like Quantum Leap, you know, just just going through time through the DC universe, solving crimes and, and helping people. Agreed. Oh, and just, I guess, uh, you know, I don't think Sarah and Ollie will end up together because she totally made out with, with Snart. <laughs> it's true. She totally did make out with Snart. But it wasn't more of a make out. It was more of a, you're doing a very noble thing here. Let me give you a kiss because you talked about it earlier. I don't think she really uh-huh. has any emotions, like any. Uh, she has feelings for him, but it's more like a a, uh, a uh, what's the the word um, for friendship? You know, it's more of a uh, platonic. Platonic, thank you. Platonic uh, emotions for him. Uh, she doesn't. I don't think she loves him or has any affection for him in that way. In the earlier episodes, it seemed like they were hinting at, at them, you know, getting getting together. I definitely felt that, too. And I, I, I mean, I definitely saw that coming around. And who knows, maybe if, if they had he if he had agreed to be on the show more of a, as a regular character. Yeah, he could have been uh, 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 they, they could have sprouted a uh, relationship. And obviously, uh, Sarah 
likes men and women because she's been with Ollie and she's been with other women on the show. So there's no reason why it couldn't be. Woo! <laughs> uh, anything else in particular that you wanted you liked about this episode? I kind of talked a lot about it myself. Or something you didn't like out, about the episode. <laughs> I want to point out that Rip Hunter is a terrible shot. He misses every goddamn shot. Well, he's using this weird, antiquated, like, six-shooter version of his gun. It's so... Yeah, it's 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 a bad idea, so... And that he was shooting... ammo. Yeah, and he's shooting, like, between... Uh, the, the 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 Oculus thing. He's using it as as a barrier or as cover, and then he's also shooting through it. And like, yeah, it, he was bad. <laughs> he needs a better weapon for the next season. I would be okay with that. <laughs> this whole like uh, Western motif that he's going through, I, I'm I think it, uh, the novelty of it is is over because no more Jonah. Well, it's not so much no more Jonah. He just doesn't need to. He just doesn't need it as a character. Like, be a future man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's all I have to say about Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, pretty much done with that. Cool. Uh, Marvel's Angels and Shield. Yep. What did you think about this episode? This episode was, uh, you know. What really pulled me in was um, that they were talking about, you know, the events from Civil War on TV in the beginning of the episode. You're right. And that's the finally we had something that tied in with uh, what happened in Civil War, like like I had been wanting for the last few episodes. I was surprised that we finally that when we finally got it. I was too. And, you know, it had a, a lot of the episode had to deal with that subject, you know, that very subject. Yeah, because. Uh, you know, it's, it's talking about where Inhumans exist. They're, they they do they need to be on the the cords? They need to register and stuff like that. And you know, it's a very similar, it's a very familiar storyline in uh, Marvel comics with the uh, X Men or mutants having to register their superpowers. Right. So Coulson basically talking to uh, uh, what is uh, Adrian Passar's character's name? What is he? Is he a? Uh, is he a general or a commander? He's a general, but I forget what his last name is. Either way. <laughs> Anyways, the general. He's talking to the general, and he's like, "Look, uh, you know, the Accords might be a good thing, but please, just let me keep my Inhumans as a secret, so that no one uh, knows that we have them, so we can use them as a as a last minute re- resort or whatever we need to use them for." Oh, um, it's it's uh, Talbot. Talbot, thank you. That's right, because he's the other character from the Hulk comic books, the one that's usually trying to be with Betty, but uh, and the one that Ross likes, General Ross likes. But yeah, so we have okay. uh, Talbot, you know, basically getting his look around the facility, the Shield facility, and uh, he they show him Yo-Yo, and Yo-Go, Yo-Yo is pretty impressive, and they show he shows him. Uh, uh, Lincoln and he knows Lincoln because Lincoln tried to kill his bodyguard, which was uh, Crusher Creel and uh, the Absorbing Man. And then eventually they show him Lash, which I had totally forgotten that they had Lash locked up in their uh, facility. I know, and you know, I thought just the way because he looks so scary and intimidating, I was like, what if this guy goes rogue? What if he just starts fucking shit up? You know, for the hell of it. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I liked I liked it that Talbot called him the the dreadlock Hulk or whatever it was, <laughs> <laughs> the Jamaican Hulk or something. I don't know, it was something like that. But uh, it, I, as soon as they showed him, I, it definitely reminded me about what Lincoln said earlier in the last few episodes. Were about how uh, the the mist changes people into the or changes them into the human that they need at the time, not just what they want. Right. So and then and they went into the whole maybe Lash, you know, was created to to kill Hive, which would make a lot of sense. I mean, the whole when we first saw Lash, he was all he did was sniff out in humans and 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 kill them like uh, by impossible means. So the idea that Lincoln was uh, May and Lincoln had had come up with this plan to uh, deceive um Sky or Daisy. Daisy, and Daisy fell for it, and boom, Lash shows up in a Quinjet. We're skipping right to the end, but I think that's the most important part of this ep- of the episode. Lash shows up uh, right there and ready to fight uh, Hive because Hive thought it was going to be Lincoln. And uh, oh well, I, I guess it wasn't just the important. The other important part is that they were kind of they kind of successful in creating recreating the experiment that created Hive. Uh, and they changed all those watchdog guys into uh, primitive inhumans that are ready to just follow Hive and do whatever he wants. Yeah, they were uh, pretty uh, pretty scary looking. <laughs> they were pretty scary looking, but you had Lash was able to take out take them out one by one pretty pretty easily, and uh, uh, then he blew a hole right in the middle of Hive. Hive tried to use his special parasite powers on him and he had the power to negate it and uh then eventually he even had the power to pull the the parasites out of daisy which was pretty cool to watch it was you know what i thought at the moment when he was doing it i thought he was pulling out her inhuman powers altogether oh which very much scared me at the time i was like oh no they're, he's taking away her powers <laughs> but you know it then it made sense that he was just taking out the parasites, right? But no, I didn't actually think about that. I was just like, "Oh, well, that's cool. Parasites getting removed. She's cured." And then, and then, oh, which which reminds me, uh, James, the Australian guy that got the the gambit powers, he is actually in the Secret Warriors in the comic book. Oh, really? Yeah, he's Hellfire. He's the son, or not the son, but the grandson of the original Ghost Rider, Phantom Rider, who was a. Uh, uh, a cowboy that did the same thing that Ghost Rider does on his motorcycle, but he has this thing where he has this like he has the chain that lights up on fire and he he hits people with it and stuff. So uh, in the comic books, he ended up betraying the Secret Warriors because he was actually a agent of Hydra. So it's very much uh, similar to what's going on here. He doesn't betray uh shield or 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 daisy or any of them because he just starts off as an agent of hydra or not an agent of hydra but more just a agent of hive and uh but he kills lash which i couldn't believe he got the sneak up on lash this very powerful character basically because he was taking care of daisy but he got that uh fired up a chain to go right through lash and kill him you know, for a big guy, that was uh, that took him out pretty easily. So I thought that was some um, injustice for his character. <laughs> I, I, I'm right there with you. I thought that was a very weak death for him for a character that caused so much destruction and then 
very much at the very end became a very cool or a very helpful character, I should say. Though basically the one character we thought that was going to be able to kill Hive, and now what are you going to do now that he's dead and Hive isn't? Yeah, and I mean, how fast do you think you know Hive is going to recover from that? Because he's still pretty, uh, he's still down for the count when he left. Uh, when Daisy left, it's very true. He had that giant gaping hole in his his chest that was on fire. So uh, I, I imagine he'll be able to heal easily, but it might take some time. And now it's pretty fucking crazy how Hive was like, oh, by the way, we're going to need all of your blood, Daisy, to recreate the experiment and start the army. Yeah, and she was willing to give it all, too. It's just crazy how his power and his influence is so strong. Yeah, very much so. So then you had, uh, you know, basically the end of the episode, uh, Yo-Yo and Mac, who have been, you know, building a relationship throughout the season... Yo-Yo gives Mac a cross, a uh, crucifix cross, to help him keep his faith. Well, that's one of the sim- things that we saw in the Quinjet in the in the um, vision that Daisy had about about one of the Shield agents about to, that's going to die. Oh no! So you know, Mac might be the one that's going to end up dying. I mean, obviously they're throwing that out there. It's probably going to be a red herring. Something to throw us off, but it's it's very interesting that it's now it's now in play. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think of it that way either. Damn. So it's funny to think about this this show where we had uh, Fitz basically go on this whole rant about how you can't change the future once you see it, you know, or whatever. Time is not linear; it's all happening at the same time or it's all it's all has happened whereas then we also have legends of tomorrow which is all about manipulating time and people having their own destinies or free will or not having their own free will and uh being manipulated so very very cool uh dichotomy there yeah uh but i think that's all i have to say about shield i am excited for the la- for the end or the end of the season um, I guess uh, when we record next, we're going to have a little bit longer to talk about since it's going to be a two-hour special. That's right. So the next episode is going to be the two-hour season finale. Uh, we still have two episodes left of Flash, two episodes left of Arrow. I think one episode left of, of Legends of Tomorrow or two episodes of Legends of Legend Tomorrow. Do you know? I, I think it's one more. Okay. What about Gotham? Gotham, two more. Okay. So... The, we have all those shows, and we still have Fear of the Walking Dead to talk about for tonight. Uh, but yep. before we get into that, Preacher starts next weekend. I know. So uh, we need to come up and decide whether or not we want to save that or talk about it as it as it happens. Do you want to talk about it as it, has, as it happens? I think so. I think that's a good idea, too. So we will talk about that every week as, as they happen. It might be the only, ep- only episode... Or the only show that we talk about for uh, for the summer because we don't know about too many other shows that are going to be up. But we will still have an episode every week, uh, more or less. So don't you worry, fans. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go with the Fear of the Walking Dead. Man, I am really liking Nick now. <laughs> so resourceful and so reliable? 
I think this this world is definitely like he is coming into his own. Like yeah, he's very resourceful and he's definitely reliable. I mean, for a kid that started off the show as a junkie and couldn't, you know, could barely couldn't couldn't even run away from a, a, a walker without getting hit by a car. Uh, it's very interesting <laughs> that uh, he's the one that they turn to when when things need to get done. It's just um, you know. Madison and Strand had that discussion. You know, he's like, you know, trust me, just have more faith in your son. He's good at what he does. Well, see, I think it was also funny is that because she is still treating him like a, a fragile person. And and don't get me wrong, he probably still is. But the thing is, and I, I see what she's she's trying to say is that he has an addictive personality. Now that he's kicked the drugs, he might be replacing his addiction with of drugs with a, an addiction of adrenaline or wanting to be needed or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's right. It's it's very interesting that she sees some warning signs that maybe everybody else doesn't. Yeah, it could be something that gets him killed in the in the future. Um, we have uh, basically it's the continuation of this whole Connor. Uh, escapade, you know, this wannabe governor <laughs> or wannabe <laughs> Nate Negan. And uh, they have hit, they have Reed, who we come to find out is Connor's little brother, tied up in a room with a stick sticking out of his abdomen, <laughs> uh, trying to keep him alive so that they can trade back uh, Travis and Alicia for him. I thought Daniel was going to, you know, torture him, but I was surprised that he was actually cleaning his wound. I was very surprised, too. Like, he said, when he was sitting there telling that story about the Achilles tendon, when you cut it and it zips back up into the knee and stuff like that, I thought what was going to happen was was, was uh, Daniel was going to be like, uh, you know, that's not all those things you said weren't true. I know what actually happens and the sounds that actually occur when you do things like that. And I'm gonna show you. <laughs> so that I thought that was gonna be some some cool uh, little scene that was gonna happen, but that's not quite what happened. Uh, he was cleaning that wound, and then he left uh, Chris to sit there and watch over the body, which or watch over the the prisoner, which turns out to turned out to be really the bad thing to do because Chris is losing it. He is a broken kid. His his mind is is almost gone. Which is funny to say because Daniel started hearing voices. I know. <laughs> All of a sudden, he was talking about leave the kid and take the gun. Like, take the gun, Daniel. And he's looking around. And he's like, who the hell is saying that? And, yep. and I was just like, oh, no. We do not want this to happen now. Uh, but we'll have to see where that that turns out like i mean i wonder if just a lifetime of stuff happening to him and him doing stuff to people has finally come to uh, a head and he's he's start he's starting to lose it himself so uh it's going to be interesting now you have uh connor talking to alicia and basically uh giving her a job to do that uh what was the the guy that she liked on the on the boat or the the guy that liked her what's his name do you remember Jack? Jack, Jack, teaching her the how to spot people on the radar on the sonar, to to be like these are the people we want to go after. Or these are the people that we need to keep an eye on and stuff. Uh, and then Travis is stuck down in the brig. Basically, Dude. <laughs> <laughs> basically, we find out that the only reason that they came for it, for the the Abigail is because of. Uh, uh, the girl from the flight 
462 or whatever it was. Yep, Alex told them everything Alex, about yeah, right. the butt so they could, you know, take over the boat. Yeah, and she was very pissed that uh, Travis let um, Strand cut her loose like that because she had to sit in that, that boat with uh, the boy and listen to him die and then ask for, you know, ask to be killed and then all that stuff until eventually she was picked up by Connor and, like... I forget what it was that. How was she used for useful to Connor? Oh, it's because she gave him uh, she gave him the Abigail. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it must have been, you know, if you help me out, I will tell you where there's another ship with uh with people on it or whatever. Oh man, that was insane. <laughs> she she looked crazy. She looked like. She was that, that, you know, when they say hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, she was that woman scorned. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it was very interesting to see what they were going to do with with, uh, Travis. Um, What did you think that they were going to eventually do with him? Do you think they were just going to keep him imprisoned or do you think they were going to kill him? Do you think they were going to put him to work? I think um, Alex was just going to torture him every day until, you know, she felt that she got all the anger out. Well, that's that's uh, one way of doing it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Jack wanted to have uh, Alicia for himself. Even to the point that it seemed like he was okay with, like, running away with her. To to I don't know if he was playing along, if he was stringing her along with that whole thing or not, or, or what was going on, but... Uh, he, he, he's, he was willing to help her get Travis and then run away to another ship and get away from Connor. Uh, whether the, the look that he gave her at the end of the episode, I don't think, you know, that he was faking it. I think his feelings for her were true and he was being serious about it all. So why do you think he didn't just go with her then off the side of the boat to go back? Baby, because well, I don't think Jack saw what went down with Connor, so he's like, "Fuck, I can't abandon my brother." Well, Jack's not the brother. Reed is the brother. Oh yeah, that's right. Shit. Then, oh, because he said that he owes um, Connor a debt because Connor saved his life before. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he he must not have seen that Reed bit right into Connor. Like those guys. <laughs> We're not ready whatsoever. Like she pulled off the like I'm 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 surprised that Daniel thought so quickly when when uh, Reed finally did change over. He's like, no no no, don't kill him. We can still use this <laughs> because yeah, that was really quick thinking. Yeah, because Chris really kind of fucked it up for us to get everybody back if uh, if, uh, if Reed is dead. But no, we he put the they put that bag over his head and and then sent him across and Elise, or Travis was okay, but. He and then Travis pulled out that headbutt with his hands tied behind his back like nobody's business. Yeah. Well, I was like, that was pretty impressive. Uh, then that yeah, guy fell to the ground and Connor got bit. And then the other dude that was just standing behind Connor, like, I guess he was just too surprised by what happened because he did nothing. He just stood there. And then eventually he got he got attacked by Reed, too. So... <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Connor is still alive. Maybe Connor will have, like, after he gets bit, he falls to the ground, and he has enough foresight to cut off his arm and uh, save himself before turning. Maybe. 
That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say, Chris, you're a goddamn idiot. Next time you want to kill someone, don't shoot them in the cheek. Yeah. What was that all about? I don't know. It's, uh, Chris is, oh, he is turning out to be like a, a huge pain in the ass. Like he already was a pain in the ass. Now he's turning out to be a liability. He's going to get people killed. <laughs> You know, worse than season two, Carl. Worse than season two, Carl. <laughs> like he is actively going out and trying to and trying to get other people killed. Like Carl just kind of wandered off. Like blah blah blah. I'm a little kid, and that's another thing. That season two, Carl is a, is a little is a ten year old. You know, you, you can't you can't fault him for not knowing better. This is a what seventeen year old kid. He should know better than to be a fuckhead. <laughs> Also, um, what with that look that Jack gave at the end of the episode, what if he becomes, you know, a Negan and then future season hunts them down? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he could. I mean, with with Connor and Reed both dying and whoever those people were that were that were with Connor to get Reed back, you, you got to assume those were his right hand men or whatever. Uh, Jack might become the new leader, but then again, I think it's better a better chance that it might be Alex who becomes the new leader of that group because she's the the person not to mess with. True, so, and then I know that pregnant chick is going to want revenge. And she's definitely going to want revenge. So yeah, you're going to have those two ladies roaming the sea, the fucking open sea, looking for people to terrorize and pull, bring down. So uh, yeah, definitely don't count out that crew, whoever that is. Nope. So and now that we just we just wrote a future season for Fear the Walking Dead. Boom! Uh, they need to give some royalty checks now. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have uh, you know everybody's back on the boat and we're all heading off towards Baja, uh, and we're all going to be safe in Mexico, or are we? <laughs> we only brought enough money for two people. Yeah, that's uh, apparently someone's protecting the. The, the water border of Mexico and there you have to pay to get people in. So uh, that's very much the difference between uh, the that future and the, the current present. You know, people either escaping to Mexico or trying to get into America. I don't know why money counts now, especially the world going to shit. It's not going to have any value. Well, I think some people just don't understand, you know, like some people. I don't know. I, I really don't know. You're You're right. Uh, monetary money is not going to be anything like uh, in this world. Eventually, bullets and water is going to be what is going to be the commodity. Yep. If we if we learned anything from Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything else you want to talk about? Fear of the Walking Dead. No. All right. Um, I thought we we got through another successful week. Then uh, a lot of shows coming to an end and. Uh, We'll have to see what what that that means for our characters. Usually, season finales mean death, so we'll have to find out who who will survive and who will make it to the next uh, the next round. Uh, but uh, I think we were successful in recapping and ex- expressing our our theories and stuff. So, anybody else out there that would like to express their theories, please drop us a line. Uh, Facebook is probably the best place to do it, but we I am uh, on. Uh, Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, Daniel is on Twitter as Daniel Von Helvet. 
And uh, we, you can also get Geek Elite Radio at, at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, uh, Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and geekeliteradio.com is our, is our uh, website where you can catch this podcast, other podcasts, and archived podcasts. Uh, so definitely check that out and pass it along. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Podcast Alley. We're on uh, Podcast Attic. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play Google Play Music, and we also have an Android app on Google Play Store. So there's plenty of places to get a hold of us. Definitely go and uh, give us a listen, pass it along to other people, spread the word of Geekly Radio. And Daniel, uh, before we say goodbye for this week, uh, I would like to say that it was it's very unfortunate that we lost a uh, comic book industry legend in, in Darwin Cook. He was a, a, an amazing artist and a, a, a very incredible storyteller. So um, if everybody uh, can uh, have a moment to themselves whenever they need to, it would be great to uh, say goodbye to Darwin Cook and, uh, you know, and, and do it in your own way. This has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.